Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learner is on is Ivan Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel! What's up, Van? How's your week going? How are things for you? My sister's been here. My older sister. Now, I know y'all heard me talk about my younger sister. She's gone now. But my older sister was here just for a couple of days. So that was nice to have big sis in town. Um, You're the middle child? Hmm? You're the middle child? We've been through this before. And I will not let you stereotype me. Yes, I am. I'm a proud middle child. Don't say you could tell that either. Yes. Uh, So that was was different. That was nice. I haven't seen my sister since Christmas. Mm -hmm. What does she do in life? What's her thing? She's a stay-at-home mom. Oh, this is the sister that had the... Do we have an update on your nephew? How's he doing? Oh, my nephew is so good. So remember they had mm-hmm. him. If, if, you're ju- if you're new to higher learning, I talked about my nephew before. My nephew, little Alistair, was... Um, they had the kids in groups. They had an mm-hmm. odd number. He's the only black child in his classroom. And they sat him by himself. And so my sister couldn't understand why he was having trouble in class or he was getting like bad marks and he was acting out because he was sitting alone. All the white kids were together. My black nephew was sitting by himself. So my sister and my brother-in-law took it up with school. They fixed it. He is in a group. There are three people in his group. So he mm-hmm. feels like really empowered. He's like, there's three of us and there's two of everyone else. So it's really great. Um, so yeah, my nephew's doing fine. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, yeah I like that. You know what's interesting about your nephew? What? Is his name... Alistair? Alistair. Yes. Your your sister decided to give her son a comic book villain name. Oh, you know I don't know this. Which comic? No, it's just like Alistair. Like, that's the name of somebody who, like, years years from now, he'll probably run, like, some big tech company, Fortune 500 company. Yeah. And (laughs) you have to with, like, the first name Alistair. You cannot work... You you can't just you can't have like a normal job and have your first name be Alistair. Alistair is for a man of purpose. Hey, Alistair's coming. Everybody perk up, perk up in the boardroom. Here he comes. It's time for us, you know, Alistair. You know, it's is like that. What it does to you? For example, let me ask you. Here's the thing. Okay. Like for example, people that name their kids like Jeeves or Coleman. Like you know that you want your son to be a butler. You know, if you name your kid Jeeves or like Coleman, hey, Coleman, you know what I mean? Like Coleman is a name for a nice butler that's going to help you out. As a matter of fact, I think Coleman might be the butler's name in uh, Arthur. Arthur, am I wrong about that? Let me see. You ever see Arthur before? You've no. never once seen Arthur with Dudley Moore? Are we talking about the cartoon? You know, we're not, you know, we're, 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 yeah. we're not talking about the cartoon. So Arthur is a movie about a guy named Arthur Bach. Then they ran it back in Arthur 2 on the rocks. So Arthur is like a, uh, he's a, he's a playboy. He's never worked a day in his life. He's a millionaire playboy, right? And he has to marry this woman named Susan. All right. His family has set this up basically. It's all kind of like an arranged marriage. It's not really. I don't recall asking for the details of, Arthur, of the movie. Arthur, uh, Arthur, <laughs> Arthur doesn't want to marry Susan because he meets Liza Minnelli, who is oh, a waitress. So this is a throwback. Yeah, this is the early 80s. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so he meets Liza Minnelli, but his, I think 
I don't I think, think it's Coleman. It's is it, not Coleman. Is it, is it Bert? No, it's not. Now that Bert. sounds okay, well, like. Well, there's the no Coleman. Oh, on it's this. Hobson. It's Hobson. Hobson. It's Hobson. Hobson is played uh, by John Gilgood. And like, look, and here's the deal. And then they they run it back, Arthur Two on the rocks, because they get money, then he loses all of this money, and then he's got to get the money back. Anyway, you've never seen Arthur before? You never heard? Never the, even heard of it. You've never heard of the movie Arthur? Would you like for me to repeat myself? It's so amazing. So you've never heard the song, We're caught between the moon and New York City. Uh, I know it's in it. But it's true. Maybe if it, I heard the original artist. Between the moon and New York City. The best that you can do. But the best that you can do is fall in love. You never heard that song? What? What? Christopher Cross. You should have put your hand, your hand up. <laughs> Does Liza Minnelli sing it? No, it's Christopher Cross. You never heard that? You never heard, you've never heard that song before? I'm Yo. fan. I'm so sorry. I, 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 maybe, maybe it's generational. Yo, have you have the rest? Have you guys never seen Arthur? Now you know they haven't. Now you know never the rest seen of the Arthur. Crew. What the fuck? They're younger so, than me. So, like Trudy, Isaiah. Have you guys never seen Arthur before? I've never seen Arthur. Kalika. <laughs> Kalika. I did find out that this song, Arthur's theme, peaked at number it's, one. It's a in the number Billboard one. It's a though. number one record. Never. Never. I need to see Arthur. I, I need to at least see. Maybe I've seen the cover art. I know it's crazy. Arthur movie. I can't believe you guys. 1981. Never. 1981. Arthur. Never in Arthur. my life. Arthur two on the rocks. No. They remade Arthur. Oh, hold on. They remade Arthur. Alcoholic uh, billionaire playboy Arthur. <laughs> Arthur Bach. Look. They remade Arthur some years ago, and it had Russell Brand. It had Russell Definitely Brand. Definitely didn't see that. Mm. No. No, Van. No. No. Never heard Jesus of it. Christ. Never seen it. Don't want to. Not not making the list. It is a really how great movie. How do we movie. get to Arthur? Honestly, how do we get to Arthur? I'm being serious. It's a really great movie. But how do we get here? Oh, Alistair. It's a really great movie, though. Seriously. Okay. Not even... No bullshit. Arthur is a really great... Does he more uh, nominated for Academy Award? For, for, for his portrayal of Arthur Bach, the, the delightful little man. Anyway, whatever. So your sister was out here. You guys hung My out. Did you guys, did you guys go anywhere? We went to dinner a couple of times. We went to Oliveta. We went oh, no, to no. Scopa. Scopa, okay. Oh, you, Scopa. Mm. Have you been? I've been to Scopa. Scopa's very nice. Very great, good. Great, both great restaurants. Yeah, Hold took on. my sister to some places she's never Kalika. been before. Have you seen, have you ever seen the movie Arthur before? Is that with uh, what you would call it, Russell Brand? No, it's not with Russell Brand. That's no, a the remake. Get out. The re- she's out, she's Kalika. half right. Kalika, she's half out. right. Get out of here. Take 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 your take your dog with you. Get out. <laughs> yeah, get out. Close the door behind. This you. is get why out. Kalika and out. I get along. This is why we get along. <laughs> 
man. I'm out Listen. island. What's like? What's like? What's uh, is, is it? I, it? I guess it's me, right? It's, I guess it's, I'm no, the only one who watched the movies. You're just in the wrong movies. circle. No, it's just that you're in the wrong circle. Like you're appreciated mm. in uh, in other places, right? That's why you've been invited mm. on the rewatchables multiple times, and I never have. No, you would have to There's, be right. You'd have to be invited on the watchables. <laughs> you, like, you, like, you, like, you, you couldn't you couldn't get invited on that the rewatchable. You that should, should you, honestly be a show. I mean, to, to pitch it to Bill, like, like, like but, people but, who like people who've never seen these movies that have like like Bill and Ted's. Is that what it's called or Ted and Bill's Adventure? Fuck it, what was man. it called? Go new, ahead. new, you know the name new of Bill the movie. And, no, Bill and Ted's you, New Adventure. You about you getting on my? Sh- come on now. What? Wait, no, Rach. like honestly, I tr- I Rach. truly can't remember. Bill and Ted are the names, right? Yeah, Bill and Ted are their names, but you fucking with me, and I'm not doing this. Okay, with you. B- Bill and Ted's uh, Great Adventure, right? Anyways, imagine if I if I watch these movies for the first time and I have a natural reaction. It's like those people who do the YouTube videos where they hear a song for the first time and they and they get their natural reaction. This is a thing. I don't know why Watchables doesn't exist. Watch no, there are a lot it of people no. out there. It, there are a lot I'm of people sure out there who never. Just it, uh, uh, watchables. And no, look, you haven't seen Arthur. By the way, Jackson, Trudy, and Isaiah, I get that. You're not out of the Arthur range of things. Let's just I'm keep six it years younger than you. Six I years younger than me. I wasn't even born when Arthur okay. came out. Let's look. Let's let's look at. Let's look. I love that you said that. Let's look at when they made an Arthur sequel, Arthur Two, on the 2011. No, not that one, man. They re- they Arthur had his own sequel before they rebooted it, and they should have never done it. Arthur Two on the Rocks, nineteen eighty eight. That's two years man. after you were uh, bouncing, baby. Three. I was three. What was I supposed to do with that? I was one when Arthur came out. Did you? Have, you know oh, let what? me ask you a question. Did y'all have cable growing up? Did y'all have cable? We did. We did. What 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 channels did y'all have? Yeah, I know y'all had TBN. Y'all had the Christian <laughs> Channel. Y'all had, I know, I know, I know y'all had all. I know y'all had all. It's of, all my grandmother watches. It's right like now. I, all she watches. I know over and over again. The judge will come out and be like, "It's time to watch a movie," and you guys would be like, "We're gonna watch the Ten Commandments again, Dad." No, it's a great film so about Moses <laughs> and the exodus of the chosen people. Okay, I that was not my, my childhood. My favorite was, part is the Mount Sinai part. Not, when Moses not. comes down and he's got the tablets. These are the lessons of your life. Are you done? <laughs> That's, are you the done? Judge. <laughs> That's the judge. That's the judge. Okay. Um, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to discuss... Some things that are not so fun to discuss, but we would not be the podcast that we are if we did not talk about these things. Um, So let's go ahead and take a break. Reset. Come back and talk about what we have to talk about. Let's do it. Okay. Um, As I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast right now knows, there was a terrorist attack in Atlanta earlier this week. Uh, A man named Robert Aaron Long uh, faces multiple counts of murder and aggravated assault after he shot and killed eight people at massage parlors uh, across Atlanta. Six of the eight victims here were were Asian, all right? Uh, it looks like a coordinated, direct attack to uh, provoke fear and to 
I can't, I don't even know what to say in these situations. It looks mm-hmm. like something done to terrorize the Asian community. Absolutely. Does it look like that? That's, what, that's precisely what it is. All right. Uh, so there's been a lot about this story. So we're going to unpack a couple of bullet points uh, from it, number one. Number one, uh, the Cherokee County Sheriff, Frank Reynolds, came under some fire because he seemed to intimate that this attack took place because uh, Robert Aaron Long is... Uh, a sex he has a sex addiction and uh he had an issue and there was even a point where the sheriff had said or captain jay baker said he had a really bad day and this is what he did uh that is in response let's put this in context real quick captain jay baker said yesterday was a really bad day for him and this is what he did okay a really bad day that's in response to someone killing eight people. Uh, that's remarkable. That is an absolutely... That's a, a, a remarkable thing to say in that I don't even have the vocabulary to adequately describe what frame of mind you have to be in how detached you have to be from any empathy or reality to say that somebody's bad day is him killing eight people. It's, it's not weird. It's not detached. It is, it highlights how white people see white people. Would he would never use that phrase to any other race, any other ethnicity than white people. None. Just that's that's exactly what it is. When you see a white person, there has to be a reason why that happened. He is a homegrown terrorist. He is out here terrorizing specific people. And you want to categorize that as a bad day. It, 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 it is nothing other than, oh, there must be some other reason. And, and, and furthering the thought that they're going to seek out what that other reason may be. Because he was having a bad, like this, this just simply can't be because he was a, a homegrown terrorist and w- was hating a specific type of person and on a mission to hunt those type of people down. It's got to be something else. No other person, type of person other than white people gets that kind of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it's kind of a thing to where white supremacy is somebody white doing something wrong and people saying a good person did a bad thing. And when somebody black or somebody that's not white does something wrong, you hear, you know, that's who they really were all the time. Uh, Now, what makes this issue kind of deeper is that Captain Jay Baker had shared an image of T-shirts that said COVID-19 imported virus from China, C-H-Y-N-A. That's the way Trump says it. He had shared those images on Facebook. Now, here's the deal. Uh, What I'm about to say next isn't really so much to Captain Jay Baker or Robert Aaron Long or any of the other people, right? Okay. These terrorists that are in our society, uh, they're essentially drones. All right, they have to get activated. Okay. Something okay. activates that. These people right. have these people have these things and they have these capabilities. They, they get activated, right? Mm-hmm. So for months and months, people were talking about the fact that 
calling COVID the Wuhan flu and calling it the China virus was going to have potentially the opportunity or had the chance to increase violence against Asian Americans across the country. Mm-hmm. You know? And we, we saw that, right? We, we saw people saying that. We saw Asian Americans uh, discuss this fear. And not just in this instance right now, but over the, the past months, we've seen that really, that fear manifest itself. It's real. It happened. Right. And just to let you know, that wasn't just the Trump people who were doing that. Bill Maher was on his show calling the China Saying virus. Saying what? Calling it, yeah, calling it the China virus. Bill Maher was on the show talking about the fact that uh, we call other viruses, other diseases um, by the names that they Where they come from. from, yeah. Where they come from. And, you know, we did that in different times. There's a whole bunch of things that we used to do that we don't do now. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Your words don't have to be the thing that you don't have to use your fists to punch somebody in the face. Not your at all. words can punch somebody in the face. Your words can activate ideas in people's minds that then make them go out and do things like this. So nobody is talking about censorship, but we are talking about compassion. And compassion is understanding that there's a real world cost when you when you make the when you make a, a virus or a pandemic, uh, when you attach that to somebody's culture, you're going to get stuff like this. Now, we have Jackson on our show. Uh, Jackson, who's a proud Asian-American man. And rather than take up more oxygen, uh, I think it would be appropriate if we let Jackson talk about the way he's feeling right now and kind of how he, how he sees things. Jackson, you want to jump in? Sure. Um... I'm 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 half Asian just for for the record, so everyone's fully aware of my ethnic background. I'm one quarter Chinese, one eighth Japanese, one eighth Korean, and there's there's one thing that I want to unpack that I think people have. I'm not the first to do this, obviously, but the idea that this guy's sex addiction is being used as a way to describe what he did. And, and separate it from racism is completely backwards because the fact that he attacked these massage, these primarily Asian massage parlors really illustrates and goes to show the fetishization of Asian women in, in a way not dissimilar from the fetishization of black men, I think. And it's to try to use that as a way to separate what he did from racism is, is backwards. It actually proves how racist of an attack it was because he attacked these people that he claims to have a sexual addiction towards and that he wanted to stop himself from that addiction by doing this. And I think the point that I really wanted to make is, is the one that you made, Van, and one that Mina Kimes and Pablo Torre very uh, artfully made on ESPN, around the, on Around the Horn on ESPN yesterday, and that words matter. And in the same way that words mattered when President Trump suggested people storm the Capitol. Words mattered when President Trump called it the Kung flu in, on national television and at his rallies and to people across the country. Like, th- this, is, this type of violence against Asian people is not something that's new, much like the violence against Black people that we've seen in the last year is not something that's new. But 
it's rising. And the NYPD reported that hate crimes uh, motivated by anti-Asian sentiment jumped. Listen to this number. 1900% in New York in 2020. It just, it's just not a coincidence. It's not mm-hmm. a coincidence it's and, just and not, words it's, matter. It's just not a coincidence. I'm sorry. You'd have to be a fucking moron. Right. It's just not a coincidence. And I, I, I don't have a ton more to say. It's been, mm-hmm. I've been trying to process everything that's happened um, in the past 24, 48 hours, whatever it's been, but it's really... It's it's obviously disheartening, but one thing that I do think trying to be trying to not just focus on the negatives, I think it is one good thing is that it is allowed a place for Asian people to speak about this and to be heard because for a long time Asian people have been painted as this ethnic group that doesn't speak out against things when they happen to them and that's really hard and this is providing an opportunity for for people to be forced to listen and to understand that this is not a new issue. Um, discrimination towards the Asian American community. And it's, it's not an issue that's going to go away unless we, we talk about it and we address it and we understand the the depths of it. So the one thing I hope that comes out of this is that there's just more awareness and more education about these kinds of issues and that we can try to work as a community to Make sure this doesn't happen anymore. What, well said. Uh, well said. Uh, well said, Jackson. And and I think it's important for Van and I to acknowledge that, you know, like we speak a lot about issues that f- affect the black community, but it's so important that we speak out against what's happening to the Asian community as well and letting you guys know that we stand with you, we stand by you. And I think what's so troubling about not just what happened, but how it's being handled at the moment. The fact that we are giving or they are giving any type of consideration as to whether or not this is a hate crime is despicable and it's disgusting. This person had an M.O. He was targeting a certain type of person. He was on a mission hunting down these people, going after them to where he was creating widespread fear against a certain group of people. This is a hate crime. And I know the state of Georgia just made hate crimes a thing. They were late to this. Um, but it's, and, and they didn't enact this until after Ahmaud Arbery, this is long, long overdue. But something that Jackson said is that this isn't new. And I think it's important to for, for all our listeners to know that by the time this hits mainstream media, it's been happening. It didn't just start when you just heard about it. We've been seeing reports. We've been seeing social media posts from the Asian community pleading and uh, for help, trying to bring awareness about what is happening in their community. The community has warned us. And Just like racism didn't exist against black people in 2020 after George Floyd, just because people woke up and started realizing their privilege and were awakened to uh, aware of what was happening and has been happening. The same thing has happened to the Asian community. And if you don't know how this country has discriminated against Asians back into the 1800s, then please do your research on that from the Chinese Exclusion Act that banned, no, excuse me, before that, the Page Act banned Chinese women from immigrating to the United States. The Chinese Exclusion Act did not allow people to immigrate here. 
Chinese people to immigrate here. Then you don't even get us started on what was happening after World, World War II with uh, the Japanese internment camps that were happening here. So there's a long documented history against uh, um, the Asian or the, for the Asian community being discriminated against by this very country. And most recently with what Trump, President Trump or former President Trump has done and how he has racialized a virus. We talk about healthcare being politicized. He also racialized it when he called it Kung flu virus and, and, and China virus or flu or whatever it was that he was saying. So it's so important to know that it is deep rooted. It didn't just start. And it is we need to stand together and we need to support what is happening to our Asian brothers and sisters. Yeah. Treat the disease um, and the disease is racism. You don't treat the disease by pretending it doesn't exist. Exactly. Denial of racism is racism. You you treat the disease by coming up with a treatment plan, enacting that and being bold and brave and standing up to it and fighting it. That's why we that's why we call people who are fighting these things that ravage their body heroes because it takes a hero to look at something that is trying to kill you and then decide that you're going to take that thing on full throated in a full throated way. And it takes heroes to come to, to, to do this type of stuff. Uh, I certainly stand with the Asian community. Um, I stand with them and I won't just stand with them in tragedy. I'll make sure that I'm available to stand with them um, when it's time to build something as well, not just when it's time to to put our arms around each other, because um, in order to have an American community, we have to be active members of an American community. So uh, that's that. Uh, I don't know what's going to end up happening um, with Robert Aaron Long. There doesn't seem to be much mystery in the fact that he was the perpetrator of these crimes. So we'll see how fast justice moves uh, down there in Georgia. Um, but no matter what happens with that, you can't get back the lives of the eight people who were killed. And the eight people that were killed were killed, in my opinion, uh, because someone decided to take a moment of American history and make it into an agenda. And nobody thinks it matters until we're wiping up the blood. Scary times. Okay, we're going to take a break. Come right back. All right, listen, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna put something into the, the podcast that we didn't discuss because it's just starting to become a big deal on Twitter. I want to ask, I want to get your opinion of this in real time. Saweetie was on a podcast uh, with Justin LeBoy and, um, and Justin Combs, okay? And she was asked a question. And the question was about uh, a threesome. Like, how do you, how does she want to do a threesome, whatever? And she says she loves, she loves her man so much that she would allow her man to pick the guy that they would have the threesome with. And everybody went crazy because they're saying that, sweetie, uh, that that's not a threesome. That they say mm-hmm. two guys and one girl is not a threesome. What is that uh, called? They say that that's a the, the it's an argument right now between men and women on Twitter. Men are saying that two guys and a girl is not a threesome. They say that's a train. <laughs> 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 Rachel had to take a drink. 
<laughs> Rachel has to take a drink. Rachel has to take a drink. You don't think that, like, like, and and they're and they're, Sweetie's getting some criticism for that. Why? What are your What are your thoughts on this whole thing? I don't think it, where it's like semantics here. Threesome <laughs> is three people. Okay, it's three people. I don't care what those three people are. It's three people. That is why it's called a threesome. It is not gender specific. So if Saweetie wants to say it's another man, that's a threesome. You don't mm-hmm. get to sit out here and call it a train. A train is more than three people. I'm sorry. I think we yeah, can see, all can agree on that. A see, train? I, I don't think it's a train if it's just two people. I don't think that's a train. I think a train is, you know, there's a lot of compartments. A train is a lot of people. So, it's yeah. not, it's... A threesome is three people. Which, by now, the whoever way, those three people may be. By the way, we have to like uh, destigmatize the train itself. Like people like group sex. Even the even the the sentence, man, we're gonna run a train. It 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 makes it seem as if it's something that the woman doesn't want. Like she's getting it ran. It does. Yes, it does. Yeah. She's getting ran through. Yes. It what does. if you like? What if? Do you think there's anything that's wrong? called an orgy? Well, no. Well, is a train an orgy? Well, like, no. It, if it's group sex, it's not. It, it doesn't matter how many people or how many. How is there a specific number? Does it have to be even? No. Okay. Or does but, it have to be? So this is my question: Is an orgy? Okay. So if there's one person, let's say it's one lady or if there's one man and then there's if there's one man and there's five women having sex with the one man but they're not having sex with each other if there's one lady but there's five dudes having sex with the lady but they're not having sex with each other is that an orgy because in in an orgy isn't everyone kind of having sex with everybody in an orgy i'm 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 looking up the definition of orgy it says sex party consisting of at least Five members. So what oh. do you call four? So what? So, so, so four <laughs> is, is in between, right? You got the threesome. You got the orgy. What do you call four? A quartet? What is four? That's a, is that a, is it not a foursome? a foursome? Foursome. I guess that's what it is. Foursome. So orgy. What it is. So orgy starts at five people. I never knew that. I didn't either. So a threesome is. So then there's. So there's just. So it I goes said a up. Quartet. It's so you know, quartet. <laughs> what are you talking about? See? It's a quartet. So then so you go masturbatory processes, duo sex, <laughs> I guess the, the the age old. Then you got threesome, foursome, mm-hmm. and then at five, it becomes an orgy. Full blown. See, and it doesn't I, it doesn't specify how, who has to be having sex with who, how many like what gender roles are being played? It's it's just the number of people participating. It's a oh. it, like certain definitions at a wild sex party. Excessive drinking is what it said. Oh, so orgy is five people. And by the way, we know why people want to do what they're doing online about this. This is misogyny. This is like she can't be a woman with agency over her body and want to have sex with two guys at the same time. That that has to be so. There has to be something tawdry with that. Like having a threesome as a guy is something that every guy wants. <laughs> yeah, bro, a pi kappa. You know what I mean? But like a woman wanted to have sex with two men at the same time. There has to be something lewd and tawdry and untoward about that. 
Like, it, it's weird. That's, As a, it's, it's like so many different things, right? Like, there's all these negative terms for women, but not for men. It's just the society that we live in. It's the way that things go. Good for her for saying that, though. And didn't, and yeah. didn't the rumor start that they broke up because of, because of this podcast? Isn't that where the rumor came about? Wait, 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 wait. They broke up because of the podcast? No, I don't. I What I saw trending no, I on saw Twitter rumor was that, that they, they broke, broke up. up. And I, I tried to research it. I tried to find the source. Like, where did this yeah. originate from? Why are they people saying this? They and all I could find, yeah. well, all I could find was the clip that you're referring to. So I was Come like, so on, people are man. trying to allude that that is what happened. Like, maybe Quavo didn't like that. I don't know. Quavo is an F, um, FCF owner. Like myself, in fantasy controlled football league. Don't are you friends with Quavo? Maybe we could reach out. Is that? Can we, we get him I, on the I've podcast? Never met, I've never met uh, Quavo before. I've never met Quavo before ever in life. Here's the thing. What? What? I can't believe that he would break up with her for that. That's this not is all why. speculate. This is Twitter, oh. right? Our source is Twitter. I'm just saying. I when think I the was speculation to- is that she, because she said on the podcast that she doesn't like liars. She said it a couple of times. So I don't think the rumor is that the pod is what caused them to break up as much as it is her sort of subtly hinting at it on the podcast. Okay, so we're starting rumors here right now. You're starting a rumor. They didn't break <laughs> up am. because of that. I am. I am. This is yeah. why the game of telephone never works. It's crazy. You know what happened? I think I have, I think there's some bad juju on me because every time I, Think about something that goes left. I was literally just thinking, damn, Quavo and Saweetie been together a long time. I literally was just thinking that a, a couple of days ago. Like, we don't talk about their relationship. I'm like, we don't really talk about because their relationship Because they're good. Because they're good. They're, like, they're not putting us all in their business. Obviously, they're not good. Obviously, obviously Speculation. they're not good. Speculation. Speculation. Uh, look, uh, big week for Kanye West. Um... It was reported earlier this week that Kanye West had become, and I am not, like, in any way exaggerating here, the richest black American in history. Once again, that Kanye yes. West was the richest black American in history. Forbes right. uh, put out an article where they said that Kanye West's net worth was $6.6 billion. Right. Six point six was what right. he was worth because of the valuation um, of his company over there, the Yeezy company over there with, with the Adidas and stuff like that. Now, though, it seems as if there's been some change here <laughs> because Forbes has corrected themselves and said that Kanye is not worth $6 billion, that his Yeezy Gap deal is worth $6 billion, but he actually is worth around $1.3 billion, which is a whole hell of a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. would not make him the richest black man in history. Right. Do you care either way, is my question. Um, I would like to preface this answer by saying this is not a topic that I suggested in the rundown. It was Vance who said we would no longer talk about Kanye West. And once again, here we are. Facts, not negative. Facts. I'm just just, letting people know they're listening to the podcast. So to answer your question, I don't care. Imagine having 99 problems. Hmm. Imagine having 99 problems and one of them is that, oh, you don't have 
$6.6 billion or whatever it is, you actually have 1.3. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? What are we even talking about right. here? You're still a billionaire. And even if you, if, if you fell out of that, you still have millions times millions times millions. I mean, you know, I think Kanye's doing just fine. I think the reason this, this, that this even made news is because he's in the middle of a divorce or um, they're trying to figure out their divorce. I'm sure they have a strong prenup. I'd be shocked if that prenup said anything other than you keep what you had before and I keep what I have and we deal with the kids. So, you know, kudos to Kanye for the, you know, there's only seven black people that are on the billionaires list out of what, like 600 plus people. So, you know, he's still a billionaire. Kudos to him. Do you have a pair of Yeezys? No. Fuck no. Oh, I do. Fuck no. Okay. Don't, no. Don't be saying it with that kind of like, force when you're the one who you're the reason we're talking about him today yeah, but you're the, you, but you walking around talking about you got some Yeezys on they were stomping. a gift I'm they stomping in my white supremacy loafers check out wow. my white supremacy I'll never look, I'll never look at them again my white supremacy <laughs> How does that stomping even make sense? Tearing the streets up in my white I supremacy bet if I, I bet if I shoes. bought you a pair of Yeezys you wear them fuck no. Yeah, he would, y'all. Look, look, look. He and would. it really don't have nothing to do with all of that. It's not, I'm against, first of all, this is Van's opinion, and Van is in no way saying that anybody is wrong for one Yeezys, going to buy Yeezys, support it, buy it, nothing like that, no, none of that. But I'm saying for me personally, number one, I don't even agree with that whole thing. I don't agree with the let's put out ridiculously high-priced shit and everybody's going to clamor for it and wearing a status symbol, like, on your feet. That's just not... That whole thing is... But not he's like not doing that. People are reselling it. They're yeah, selling it at a price, it. at a limited amount, and people First are all, reselling it, it, them. There's nothing wrong with doing it. It's completely okay. But he's it's not doing not it, but, you're, but, you're, but, you're, but that's not what it. he's doing. He's selling, like, $250, $300, like, hoodies and shit like that. That shit is like mad expensive. It's very true. But look, it, that's cool. I know, cool. but that's that's like high fashion. High fashion Adidas shit. I know it's high. Fa- the shoes are high fashion. But what I'm but but what I'm telling you is all of that stuff. That stuff is just not for me. Period. Like okay. I don't like. It's, it's not a. You know what I mean? Like I I, I like a a good champion hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Something like that. Something very. You know. Wear it I'll remind you, you that the last podcast you said you spent a thousand dollars on shoes. I did one time in life because it was some mm-hmm. Jordans that I had to have, and mm-hmm. because I had, had to have feet, them, y'all had to the have them. Here's the deal: because I had big feet, right? I could not find these Jordans anywhere <laughs> except in, 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 except in uh, where size fourteen. Did shoe. not need to be except, a story detail except <laughs> on the resale market. So I bought them. Look, everybody do whatever they want, but I'm not fucking. No, no Yeezys for me. But look, hey, support the brand. That's what I was, was going to say. I don't care. But I, I get it. Um, Yeah, now, uh, last thing about this before we move on. There were people who, and this is interesting to me, people who were saying, yo, I don't fuck with Kanye's politics and I, I still don't like the Trump stuff, but I have to hand it to him. $6.6 billion. I got to give it up. That's amazing. Does, for you, does making money, does someone being a successful business person and their accomplishments in that arena, 
Does is that in any way? Um, does that make you have more patience for some of their past political or social transgressions? Like because they have more to, money. Well, I'm saying because to me, I'm looking at that. I'm and people are saying, hey. I know we don't fuck with them here, but we got to impress six six point six billion dollars. We have to celebrate that. The question is, do we? No, like, we don't I, have to celebrate it. Just like I mean, we're I'm not celebrating asking. it now. We're just talking about it. No, I'm not going to celebrate it. I mean, you know, like yeah, you love to see black people succeed, but you I'm do? not going to. You know what I mean? I'm not going to celebrate. I, listen, just because he has six point six, or no, he doesn't. Excuse me. Just because he has one point three billion dollars doesn't mean that I'm going to forget the things that he's done that are detrimental to the black community. You know what I mean? He right. didn't give me a billion dollars to forget about that. If he gave you the billion dollars, would you forget about it? In two seconds, just like your friend who said <laughs> that, Chick- that Chick-fil-A, that Chick-fil-A could endorse slavery. <laughs> As my brother said that. This is the worst joke oh, ever. Brother. I'll tell you guys right now. We, I told this on the live yesterday. My little, bro- my little brother back in the day uh, was like, yo, spin me by Chick-fil-A. And I was like, you know, no, I don't. I don't want to go to Chick Fil A. You don't go to Chick Fil A. It's like they don't support. They, they down on the LGBT people. We can't support Chick Fil A. And he goes, "Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm super down with the struggle, bro. I want everybody to live and love however they want." But he goes, "Bro, Chick Fil A could support slavery." It's <laughs> so stupid. And I would be up in this line. Them chicken sandwiches is hitting. <laughs> And I laughed. That was so funny. He's like, yeah. Of course, it's a bad, it's a bad funny joke. <laughs> he was like, he was like, forget about them. Like, like they could be after us. And I would still, <laughs> by the way, which the shows you his us. commitment. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel, I have a question for you. This is a question What's that I, I'm going to ask. It, it was on my Instagram. Okay. Okay. Um, so I got this message. I got this DM and it, it caused a, a, a conversation on the old Grammy Grams. All right. So, this is the message. It says, you know I love you. Let me start with that. But didn't I just, but dude, I just listened to you and Juliet on the Bachelor Party podcast. Shout out Juliet Libby. While I understand that you don't think that black people should have to modulate their behavior to be an example for all black people to white people. However, that isn't reality. Uh, your own co-host couldn't say what she wanted to Chris Harrison while he blatantly disrespected her on her own show because as a black woman, she can't just do her. In corporate America, we can't just do us. We have to conform to white expectations in order Mm. to survive. I think you've been lucky in that your career has enabled you to be unapologetic uh, in your blackness. Most of us do not have that luxury. I only began to get it when I decided to open up my own business. I hope you read this and discuss on higher learning the ability to be unapologetic and whether or not Matt has it. So this comes because on Juliet's podcast, great podcast, Bachelor Party podcast, uh, I was annoyed by the fact that um, Matt uh, and uh, Emmanuel Acho, uh, well, actually Emmanuel Acho said this and then Matt agreed. Emmanuel Acho said that he lives his life as a black man, having to go through society and have, having to represent uh, what everybody's opinion of black people are and always having to be on his best behavior or something like that. And then Matt agreed. And I said, absolutely not. No, hell no. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I, don't, I refuse to do that. Uh, and this very um, intelligent 
listener replied with a completely, to me, um, valid perspective, you know, that I couldn't disagree with more. And because it became such a conversation piece on Instagram, I thought I would ask you about it and see what you thought. Do black people have to conform to white standards in order to make it in corporate America? Okay. First, I want to say something in regards to that message. Um, Shout out to a thought warrior. We love all thought warriors. But what I was doing in that interview was not conforming. Okay. That was purely a choice I made to sit back and let him speak and be heard because I needed people to focus on what it is that he was saying rather than focusing on the debate that could happen between the two of us. That was a choice. That was not conforming. I just want to get that straight. Um, There was intention behind how I handled myself in that interview. And I explained that in a prior Higher Learning podcast. And I would suggest you go back and listen to that. Um, Do I feel like Black people have to conform to make it in corporate America? I believe that there that you have to play a game to a point. I do believe that I wouldn't say conform, but I believe that they're like there's a game to be played in any of this, whether it's because you're black and you have to be a certain way or a woman or whatever it may be. So like, yeah, like you got to play a little bit of it. It's a game of chess, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like, I'll give you for an example, being the bachelorette, right? As vocal as I am now, I I was always myself, but I wasn't as vocal as the Bachelorette. I feel like I hundred I a hundred percent represented who I was. People who watched me, who know me, were like that was Rachel. I didn't compromise my values or who I am as a black woman by any means. What you saw it was the real Rachel. However, once I made it through. And I got into a certain position. I had a position of power. So now I can speak from a place in a way that I necessarily would not have been heard of before. So I played a certain game to get to a position of power to now where I have influence because of how I work the system. So to that extent, I understand it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't that it was I was conforming. It's that I was playing a game of chess to get to a point where I'm in a position of power to make a difference. And I think that there that there's a distinction between the two. You know what I'm saying? What is the distinction? Describe to me like what the game of chess would be. Okay, so if I came in, if I came into The Bachelor, when I when I went to my audition, and one of the first things an executive producer said to me was, um, so we struggle with finding people of color, black particularly, to come on the show. Okay, it was like in my audition. After I made it to the next round. And I said, and I'm paraphrasing here. And I said, well, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up if you didn't. You know, how do I feel comfortable as a black woman coming on your show when you don't have black people represented? So this is me being myself. This is what I said. And they said, well, that's actually been an issue because of because we haven't. Now people don't even want to come and be a part of the show because they don't feel themselves being represented. It is very rare we get somebody like you to come into the room and and desire to be a part of this show. Right. And so I, I talked about like how I would be on the show, you know, like I would represent myself as a black woman and it's a problem. And like, maybe I would pave a way for other people. Okay. I get on the show. I would say that I was outspoken. 
I would say there's actually things that weren't shown on the show. For example, one of the girls called me a bully. Um, I spoke in an ITM about how that is. She called me angry and aggressive and I had not done anything. Right. And uh, I spoke out about that, like how those are stereotypes placed on black women. She's described me as angry black female. They chose they chose not to play that because they felt like that would uh, the audience wouldn't receive that. Well, they would choose her over me. That was a decision executive producers decided to make. Um, so at that point I started to realize the audience that I was dealing with, cause I didn't watch the show before. And it was like, okay, I was myself, but I wasn't calling every single thing I saw out. Right. I became the bachelorette. I represented myself as the bachelorette. I was vocal about certain things that I wanted for the season. I was vocal about how I wanted to look and how I wanted to present myself. But once I got to a certain place, it's like now I'm in a position that no other black person in this franchise has been. I have a position of power where I can speak out and people will actually listen to me because this has never been done before. I, I, it's so it's, I guess it's hard for me to go back to your original question to say, what's the distinction? I can just tell you how I did it, how I played it. And then, but I didn't lose myself in the process, right? I didn't conform and be what they wanted me to be and stay in that lane, right? Like I was myself, maybe I was toned down a little bit, but uh-huh. once I got to a position where I had a platform to speak out, I used that. Hmm. And I feel like that's what what people do, right? Like I, I I might not necessarily in corporate America, people don't necessarily call out everything, but once they get to a certain position, then they're in a place where they can bring other people up because they paved a way. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, it does make sense. Uh, it's it's hard for me because two, there's two things. Number one is, uh, I legitimately have been sort of existing in the same sphere since I was like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So, and for, the hard thing is it's never cost me anything, really. You know, maybe some people might say that it cost me my job at TMZ, but I didn't give (laughs) a fuck. Well, that's what that that person who wrote you said, right? Like it's, you've been... That's what he was saying, or she. I yeah. don't know if it was he or she. Yeah, but it, it for me, I f- fundamentally disagree with any toning down of anything. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Wait, wait, what do you mean by that? It just doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, it, 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 it's only it's a it's a temporary fix. Like it, what what I what I mean by that is like that's not true. Because look what's is. like what's no. I I see. I I don't I don't think that. Look at how and Chris maybe because you have look how ahead. Chris look how Chris just spoke to you. And look where Chris is right now. I understand that, but what I'm telling you is that you toning it down didn't stop the Bachelor from getting I to the place that it was going to get. It just no, prolonged. No, no. It just, it just, it just prolonged That's it. Not like, true. It still was coming. Okay. That's, I didn't say that because I, because I toned it down and, and by toning it down, I meant pick my battles, right? I didn't lose myself in this process by any means. Right? I remember my sorority sister was like, man, you played the game and then, and then turned around. And as soon as you were out, called the bachelor racist with your whole chest. And I feel like 
it, it's it's not that I expected that because I came through and I have a position that I was going to change every person and every and the in the entire system. But what happened is because I came through first and I didn't just say, oh, I did it, you know, like good luck to everybody else. I continue to speak out and call things out and I could be heard in a way that a contestant wasn't because they didn't have the position of power I did from coming through the franchise and changes have been made. Is it where it needs to be? No. And honestly, it probably never will. But there are things that have happened that I feel like would not have if I hadn't done things the way that I did, gotten to the place that I did within the franchise. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't really argue with how you chose to go about The Bachelor or how anybody chose to go, chooses to go about their job or anything like that. I really can't, right? Yeah. Every, everyone has been in situations where um where they have to decide what makes sense for them. Okay. I will just say this, and this is a true fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anytime you are in a position to challenge white supremacy and you don't, you embolden white supremacy. That's not what I did. I'm not saying you did that, but when I'm yeah. uh, because I can't speak to the specific situations that you were in. What I can tell you is that I know that sometimes people have to do things, but and I get it. And by the way, it's also for whatever reason the 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 person that wrote this made a good point. It's worked for me. From even yeah. very on at TMZ, I'd be out there saying my funny shit, but every time something was wrong, I was the I I I guy, right? So right. That type of situation, it was almost like I was cast into a role of being that dude. And if you, and it's crazy, if you look at my coworkers from Best Buy back in the day, if I, and when, mm-hmm. when I finally got on TV, they're like, it's good to see you haven't changed. It's good to mm-hmm. see you haven't changed. It's good to see you haven't changed. And a part of that has to do with the fact that I have an anxiety disorder. And I'm being serious when I say this. And things trigger me and I respond in the moment. And then whatever happens after that, it just kind of happens. You know yeah. what I mean? But just look, if you're, all of these standards are set by people that are keeping these standards the way they are for very specific reasons. They're not, they're unapologetic when they tell you what you have to be. And really the only way to combat that is to be unapologetic and telling them who you are. But I, I did. I, I, well, that- I'm, I'm not. I guess. I'm, I guess I'm trying to understand when you say that you toned like, it down. What I, did you I, I, tone okay, down? Okay. So here's for for example, when I walked into my audition, I said, "Y'all have a problem, right?" Uh-huh. I didn't sit there and say, "You're racist." Yeah, There's, I chose my words. It, that's that's that what I mean what by you, toning down. But is that what you would have said? Because to me, I never jumped to that conclusion. Like for like honestly, there is I a racism problem within the with the like the way that the system right is right. systemic. Right. The way right. that they choose leads, it was a certain prototype to the contestants as, t- as you choose leads and only choose contestants that look a certain way. It's the whole process, the casting process, the type of black woman has to look a certain way to come on the show. Same with the black man. Like the system is is racist. Right. And so I didn't sit there and say that. But I told them that they had a problem and I never strayed away from that. It's not yeah. like I was like, oh, I love what you're doing here and you guys are so great. And I, I didn't talk like that. I was always me. I was known as the outspoken black attorney. That's how mm-hmm. I was billed coming into the show. So when I say <laughs> so, I guess I feel like I was. So when I I guess when I say 
toned it down. I don't mean like I wasn't myself. I just mean like I wasn't like, yeah, you guys are you guys have a, a racism issue. And it was more like y'all have a problem. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, I get so but so for me, number one. I'm very well, different from maybe some other people of color that have come through. You know what I mean? Who might who might be a little bit more make people feel more comfortable. There's a reason that I don't have as many followers as a person of color that other people of color do in this franchise. Yeah, because yeah, I, no, I understand. I'm, this is not about you. This no, is no, not no. About, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but you asked but, me the question, so I'm just. I, I guess I'm just trying to explain how I was. I know. Okay, so for me, it's. To, to the point, I am, I understand that people have to do what it is that they do. And by the way, you never tell a people, you never tell a person how to feed their family. You never tell them that. Because there are going to be people, people that turn around and look at me and go, Van, well, it doesn't matter how you spoke up at TMZ. You know what TMZ is, yet you are still there, right? True. And that's a, that's, that's a solid point. And that's something that I have to do if I want to get to the next thing. My thing is, once you're in the room, and mm-hmm. I've been going through this recently on other stuff. Once mm-hmm. you've been, once you're in the room, and you hear something that doesn't make any sense, or you see something that's not right, if you do not speak to it, I agree. You have now become a part of it. So I agree. Wh- whatever plane of the game, and I should have asked because my response to that whole thing was simply no. What I should have asked <laughs> is, what do you mean by tone it down? What yeah. do you mean by not be able to be yourself? Because there is something that's going on that in these comments and in this conversation where people are equating being black or uh, acting black or presenting yourself as black as being ratchet, being super loud or being all of these sort of yeah. stereotypes and things like that. Like you got to tone it down. Like you can't come in here blasting a fucking that's meat meal. No, that, no, yeah. what I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is you are there's there's going to be no quarter for you, right? They're not going to remember that you were one of the good ones. When it comes time for the bloodletting, they're gonna hang you up the same way. I don't have to go into all you of are it. correct. White supremacy is completely unforgiving. The minute you mess up, they're not going to remember. They're going to say, hey, there you go. They're going to they're gonna demand perfection from you while they show you all your flaws. So to me, I think the only way to combat that is to be who you are. I agree and, with you. And that's why we need solidarity. Because if you can't be who you are in the spot where you at, then you need to be able to come get me and come get Rachel and come get Jackson and come get Trudy and come get Isaiah and say, hey, they're not letting me be me. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have. You shouldn't turn around and become one of them. Whatever that Correct. is. Correct. You should say, that's "Hey, conformity. they're not letting me be in me." So uh, yeah, I get it. But, but that's I don't conformity, believe- and, right. and I don't think that anything that I have done has shown conformity. You know what I mean? Like that's not me. Uh, and I think that maybe that's so. Like I th- maybe we're playing with words here, or I don't you know, know, like you said, like you wish that um, whoever wrote that you would have asked the question of like what they mean by that. I think there's a difference between playing a game, toning it down, and conforming. Conforming okay. is a strong word. You're becoming something that you're word. not. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look, you guys, we got a treat for you coming up. Speaking of Bachelor, we got somebody adjacent to the Bachelor Nation that is not conforming at all. This is not one of the <laughs> more interesting interviews we've ever done. 
Uh, we got John the Scorpio next on yes. Higher Learning. You guys, it's going to be a good one. Uh, this is one. This is one that I'm excited about on Higher Learning. We have somebody who I think is actually going to blow. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to put it out there. I think this brother is about to blow. We got John the Scorpio on Higher Learning. Now, first of all, John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate you. Good. Now, if you guys don't know, we were put on to John the Scorpio. Was this a couple of weeks ago, Rach? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, uh, John came into our knowledge because he's the brother of Matt James, who uh, was this past leader of The Bachelor. You guys all know who Matt James is, especially if you listen to this podcast. Rachel said, did you know that Matt's brother is a rapper? And she sings the song. And I'm not going to lie to you, John. I was waiting for the shit to be corny. But it goes. (laughs) And yeah, and we started having a conversation about you and Matt and your career and things like that. Why don't you tell me before we even jump off into this? My first question is, Tell us a little bit about you. And, like, just tell us who John the Scorpio is. Uh, I think I describe myself in my music. So, you know, mm-hmm. the best way I could really say to really get a feel of who I am is to just listen to my music. Mm-hmm. That's a great tease to promote Artists. your music, too. How long... First of all, how long have you been rapping and what made you get started into it? Um, I started making music when I was about 24. Okay. And it's just been like a, I don't do it all the time. It's kind of whenever I feel motivated, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Whenever so, you feel creatively inclined, you get out there and you you do your thing. Right. There's a lot more to me than me just making music. Tell us what else is tell us what else there is to you. Well, I like I like riding my bike with the homies. I like, you know, um smoking bud. I like mm. occult sciences, you know, uh wisdom. And I'm a real spiritual person. So that's really I'm into astrology, so those are things that I'm really into. Tell us about the occult sciences aspect of it right there. Like, what is that? I'm not sure what that is. Okay. What is when you say occult sciences? Uh, when I say mean? occult science, I mean like hidden sciences, like uh, studies as like esoteric wisdom and um, stuff of that nature. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna say the obvious here. You and Matt are so different. Okay, let's just talk. Let's just say the very obvious. different. Very different. In a number of ways, and, I, and I'm really going off the religion aspect because one of the first things Matt did on his season is uh, pray. Uh, and he talks about Christianity. He talks about that belief. But for you, what were, what were first of all, I have to ask you because I come from Bachelor World. Are you okay? Like, because I got to check on people when you're affiliated with the Bachelor. It can be a lot. It's a very toxic audience. I don't know if people have been coming in you at you in that way, but how has that been for you? That attention coming from B 
being affiliated with this show? That's a good question, Rachel. Um, you know, they're going to hate and say negative stuff no matter how great or how bad of a person they might perceive you to be. So I really don't care too much about the negative comments that I see or come across. It doesn't really affect me. To be honest with you, I'm just focused on the positive stuff that people say. And it just kind of re- it, it confirms like my whole vision, what I've seen for myself. And, you know, I'm just thankful. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about your relationship with your brother. Like you guys are very different, very different. And I'm going to be honest with you, John. I'm going to be honest with you. So when we played your song uh, here on our podcast, we, we tried to play it. I don't know if we actually had to cut it out because we couldn't get the rights to it. But we played to it. We were jamming, telling people how hot the song was. I actually gave Matt some smoke because I said, this music is dope, but and Matt has such a big platform that I haven't seen him, if it was my brother, I haven't seen him promoting. And this is, by the way, not to start no shit. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I was joking, but I said, I, I haven't seen Matt like promote it or put it out there or anything like that. But you guys seem to be very different. Does it even matter to you that, that he hasn't like tweeted or said anything? This is my brother. He's a, he's a rapper or anything like that. No, I, I remember you referred to him as a weenie or something like that. I say it all the time. Yeah, and I just want to clear the air on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from on that, but in no way at all do I look at my brother as a weenie. I, I'm very, he's very supportive of me. Mm-hmm. It's just that, to be honest with you, like my lifestyle, my ideology, my views, they're so much different from his that I didn't want to compromise what he has going on with his personal uh so it was, it was you. You decided you. That's okay. So you decided that you didn't kind of want to like muddy the message that he's got going on, right? I, okay. I I really I didn't put any pressure on him to push my program. What I got going on. Mm. So I, I respect what he's got going on, and I'm very proud of my brother. And like I said, I didn't want my I, I didn't want people to con- misconstrue. My like my ideologies and my the way I carry myself with the image and what he's got going on for himself is as a man. You're a really great brother. And to never have been a part of this bachelor world, it seems like you get it. You understand how this this audience can be, how they can. Mm, I used the word toxic before, so I'll just I'll just keep it there. But One, a lot of people are concerned and wondering how Matt is doing. Uh, Matt tweeted something the other day about Google therapists near me. Um, How is Matt doing with everything right now? I actually talked to Matt like two days ago. And, you know, I called him for that very same reason, just to see where his head was at. Right. And he's in a good spot. Like, he's good. You know, people don't need to worry about Matt. He's, I mean... The, what he's dealing with right now is just, it's kind of like he's going through like a detox phase of all the stuff that he was dealing with, with ABC and being, you know, in the spotlight and doing interviews. And uh, he's just, it's, he's in a better place. Like people don't need to worry about how he is because he's, he's doing good. Hmm. That's good to hear. So, 
you brought up the weenie roast earlier. And I wonder, what is it like for you to watch people criticize your brother who don't know him, right? So he's a public figure now. He had been a public figure for a little while. He's on TV. I'm going to have fun with it. People are going to have fun with it. People are going to have opinions about it, right? That's part of being um, famous, a celebrity in the limelight or whatever. I even had opinions about an interaction that Matt had with you guys' father, which I thought was inappropriate to, for it to be on television, but I'm not his brother. So what is it like for you to watch people who don't know him have opinions on him? Uh, like I said earlier, people are going to say and hate or say whatever they feel. It doesn't really bother me at the end of the day because I know where I'm at in my heart towards my my family. So to answer your question, what pick, what other people say or think, it really doesn't hold a big impact on, on my mental space. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, John. Did you ever watch the show before Matt was on it? Uh, rarely. Like, I, I come over to my mama's house and, you know, she, we'd be eating and, you know, it, it wasn't like something like a routine that I, like, I watched it every now and then, you know? Okay. So, and I'm asking that because I I was the first Black Bachelorette and I've been very vocal about the lack of diversity, the lack of inclusion, um, the way I feel like the, the franchise has misrepresented Black people and really not told their stories and was very vocal about the need to have a, a first Black Bachelor. They chose Matt. With everything that has surrounded Matt's season and Matt, how do you feel like as your brother, you know him watching all of this go down? Do you feel like the show has mishandled Matt's season and Matt's love story? I hope that I'm like, I'm not trying to like dance around your question, but all I can really say is. I, when I went there, I kind of told him I had this conversation with my mom. I said this to me is not like what I perceive personally as reality and like an actual real dynamic that somebody would experience in an everyday uh in their everyday life. So I really kind of looked at the show like not I, I couldn't really take it like serious because you know who in their right mind could come to a serious conclusion in two, three months for a you know like a lifetime decision, you know? Just well, logically, John. logically in my brain, that's just how I think. So, well, Rachel did. She married the guy that she was on the Bachelorette with. We've been married for almost two years. <laughs> you know, lightning in a bottle. I don't mean any offense to you. I'm sorry you about you. Don't offend me at all, John. John. No, 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 John. We're just, John. We're just fucking no, with you. We're just, you we're mean... just fucking around, bro. Oh, like, okay. like, you know, John, you seem like a very deep, serious, spiritual, and grounded guy. You know, um, you, you, you do like you, you seem you're, you're very pensive with everything. You, you, you're very thoughtful. Um, I want to know, what do you think about the racial climate in the country right now? Because that's part of what I would say is the impetus for all of the uproar and the hubbub that was going on on Matt season is the space that we're in right now culturally uh, as it regards talking to race, do you have your own thoughts 
sort of, from, from your viewpoint on that? Man, America's been dealing with racism since the early 15, 1600s. So to me, it's nothing new. Um, I mean, I acknowledge it. I, I, I experience it, especially being here in the South. And, you know, I don't, I don't like it. I don't think any person of color likes experiencing racism, but like, I'm at a point now where like my mentality, how I perceive life, that, that that's just a small fact that doesn't really bother me. Like what I'm trying to say is that doesn't affect me because I don't allow it to. How, what do you do to not allow racism to affect you? I think a lot of people will want the answer to that question. <laughs> I just feel bad for the person that has that mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like, if that's how they feel, then, you know, that's pathetic, you know? I can't do anything about it. It's out of my control. You know, things that are beyond my control, I try not to focus on. John, what's next for you? What do you, what do you, like, music-wise, what are you working on? Because um, we love... Mom, God I'm just taking it day by day, Rachel. Um, like I said, I'm thankful. Everything that's happening right now is mm-hmm. stuff that I had already began to put in work to manifest. So, mm. like I said, the doors are open. The sky's the limit. You know, I'm open to restrict, uh, receiving streams of revenue from all angles, wherever it comes. So I'm just thankful. That's all I can really tell you. Amazing. Do you have a plan? Do you have a way that you're looking at actually like conquering the music game? Are there people that you will want to work with? Who works oh, yeah. with you? Yeah. Oh, there- yeah, for sure. I got my cousin right here. Shout out to Tempism. This is my brother right here. This is my yeah, brother yeah, from yeah. another. What's up? And I got what my up? man KB. You What's know, up? What's up? I'll this- stay well, with- We got the I'll whole stay- clique here. This is the crew? <laughs> and I stay like Surrounded with good people, you know? So, hey, in regards to the race issues, all we can say is we do not support oppression against Black people by police or anybody in this world. You know what I'm saying? And just to further elaborate on what he was saying, you know, what he meant is we all need accountability for ourselves. You know, we as as Black people, we got to stand up for ourselves and take care of our issues. Nobody else is going to take care of them except us. You know what I'm saying? That's That's what he's talking about. What issues are those? Uh, police brutality, um, mm, economic oppression, yeah. um, you know, just even the mentality that's forced on our people, you know, from what we see, right. what we're forced to believe in, stuff like that. So, Are y'all like a collective? Y'all crew, do y'all have a name? Y'all have a brand or anything that y'all trying to promote, like the three of y'all? Um, not in particular. You know, these are just some of my day ones, you know, the real ones that's been through a lot with me. We so, just a part of his team. We support right. John. Family, 100 you know We kind of each mm. have our own things going on. Word respectfully. up. John, a lot of people thought you were a breath of fresh air when you came on the show. And I know when I talked to Matt, he said, what I love about my brother is he's unapologetically himself. He doesn't try to be anybody else for anything. But a lot of people were saying that you should be passing out roses. I don't know if you saw any of this. You, would you ever do The Bachelor? As far as me coming on the show and doing what my brother, what he went through? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not the right one for that. No, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. By the way, you just <laughs> repeated that because he smiled honest. and then, right. he was, and then, he then, was then his brain that. processed it, and he was like, "Nah, that's Wait, not you my talking shit." To me? <laughs> yeah, because because he went, he went, no, no, hell no, like, and you you don't think you would make a good bachelor? No, sir. Mm. Mm. I would love to see you. I'm I'm not even going to lie. I would love to see you as the bachelor. I have different views on marriage. So, you know, that's another reason why I wouldn't be the right uh, candidate for that. John, oh, I've maybe never that's been, the change of course I, they need. John, I've never been more interested in, a, in the answer to a question than the one I'm about to ask right now. John, what are your views on marriage? I don't believe in marriage, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot had to do with just what my parents went through and just what I've seen other people go through. And, uh, Personally, I just think it's it, the, the whole concept behind marriage is, is like a, a religious type of, it, like it stems from that. And I'm not really into religion, so I'm good on that. Mm. Van kind of mentioned this earlier, but we didn't really go in depth on it. Since you did just mention because of what, uh, like how you grew up, did you think that the conversation that happened between Matt and your father should have been televised on national TV? I definitely feel as if uh, that situation was exploited a little in a in a in a mm. sneaky way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever agenda they thought might have benefited them. But that was a real conversation. I think we all felt that, and um, I could still see the positive that came out of it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, John, look, uh, we're gonna be following you, bro. You're like you're 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 on the radar now. Now you're 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 ready for the you're ready for the fame and the accolades and everything that comes with it. You seem pretty grounded. And to be honest with you, uh, Van, I'm not really too. I don't care about the fame. You know, I I'm I'm more so focused on the money and. Just being able to uh, support myself and my my peers and my friends and my, you know, everybody around me that loves and cares about me. That's really, um, that's my main priority. Well, tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can support what it is that you're doing. Because right. I know, I know they're interested. Because when we, when we talked about your video and your YouTube page, everybody People, went over there. We were trying to send everybody it. to you. You guys, when you shot me out, I was in Portland visiting my homie. And, uh, you know, we had just got back from a snowboarding trip and we were listening to it in the car. And it was like it was at one point eight K when you before that. And then it went from like that to eight K. So, like I said, like, I I appreciate y'all like for real. Y'all are dope. And I respect both of you guys. Thank you. you. uh, Whoever's interested in, um, you know, hearing the latest music and stuff, they could go on my uh, SoundCloud. John the Scorpio, type that in the search box. YouTube, I've got a few so- old songs on there. And then my uh, music video, Gotta Do Better, is up there. And then my Instagram, obviously, John the Scorpio. Mm-hmm. That's where you can check me out at. All right. You, do, All you have right. Any questions? do you have any questions for us, John, before we let you go? Uh, no, I don't have a question. Well, I do have one question. But I sure. just want to say something. I, I, I've researched, you know, I'm into astrology. And I've... Mm-hmm. I found out you were an Aries. Who, me? Yeah. He's an Aries. Yeah. 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 Aries. A- I, April 16th. I fucks with Aries, man. 
Oh, I appreciate that, bro. Oh, yeah. a Taurus can't get no love? Y'all look cool, but y'all, you're my opposite sign, so... Yeah. I know. Listen, I dated a Scorpio. No, no, no. He is Yo, not lying. That's no, the realest nigga. not lying. Hey, I dated like, a Scorpio. Like, it is not work. High John, highs, low lows. It's John, not good. let me tell you something, bro. I know it's going to happen. I, I hope and pray that you blow. Because I don't think I've ever talked to a realer human being <laughs> on this shit <laughs> the conversation I just had with you is the most genuine and authentic person that I think that I've ever interviewed in my entire <laughs> fucking life. So <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. We do. Uh, appreciate we really you do. too, man. All right, man. Uh, peace. That was John and Scorpio. Appreciate you joining us on High Learning today. Thank Thanks you so me. much. Nice no to problem, meet everybody. Brother. Nice to meet everybody. Oh, yeah. I that did the interesting dude that John and Scorpio. Interesting. What like do you think? What, do you think he has? I, I felt like I felt like he had a little. He doesn't like the weenie roast. Uh, you got that feeling? I got that. He feeling. came ready. <laughs> he came, came ready. ready. I said, "You it. call you call my brother a weenie." And you know what? I was about that energy. I love you he too. said, "He said you ain't gonna talk about my brother." And I appreciate it. a lot of people question whether or not he and Matt were close. Clearly, they are. Yeah, um, definitely are. Definitely. It was are. good Very to see close. that he definitely has Matt's love. back. A lot of love. A lot of love. Uh, speaking of that, real quick. Last episode of The Bachelor. Um, before we get to mailbag, gotta talk about it. Matt chose Rachel. Is it Kirkconnell or Kirkconnell? Kirkconnell. That's how Emmanuel said it. Uh, Rachel Kirkconnell. And then they did after the final rose, and he broke up with her on after the final rose. Matt came in with a brand new beard. A brand new beard. It, the beard kind of goes straight out. It doesn't go down. It was interesting. Okay, first of all, he had this beard on the reunion with the women. I don't know why you're saying this is new. Oh, I have you not been watching? Yeah. <laughs> have you not been watching? Uh, I He's didn't had see the that. beard. He also broke up with Rachel prior to this after the final rose. Okay. So they broke up, like up with three her. Weeks ago. They broke up with her, but he so when he, she got on there, they basically said that they can't get back together. He can't be with her. She has to go do the work that she has to do couple of questions about this. Number one, I thought that the final episode of The Bachelor was a fucking snooze fest. It was the wackest. Okay? I didn't okay. enjoy it at all. All right? Okay. I didn't. Okay? I gotta say, 3.5 weenies. 3.5 weenies. Because of the episode or because of the For the of last Matt? episode, and then I'm gonna go four weenies for the after the final rose. Wow. Why? Go. This, Why was he because, a weenie? Because... I just felt really. I want to give some weenies to Emmanuel Acho as well because we're going to do that because the, the whole thing seemed very, very contrived. It's you know? a taped show. It was I, a taped I, thing. I, I get it, but I will, I will tell you this though: I do believe that Matt's feelings that he was that he was talking about on there that they were very genuine. That he mm-hmm. definitely look. I don't want to be a part of this. Like he doesn't, but. The way that they rolled everything out, I don't think it served him, and I don't think it served Emmanuel either. It just looked, it was a drag to watch. For the first time, watching after the final rose, I could see people, OG fans of The Bachelor, who have a problem with all of this, looking at that. I felt sad for them. I felt sad for the Bachelor Nation subreddit people. What did you want Emmanuel to do that you felt like it was a drag. Well, number one, I think the the whole, I already told you about it. I think the whole, we have to, you know, we have to be 
Uh, even yeah, Emmanuel Acho's Dynamite on TV, the whole we have to be perfect and stuff like that. It was just, it it just, it didn't seem like they were talking about it. It seemed like it was just another very special episode of The Bachelor. It was just a drag to watch. It was cringe, awkward. Cringe? The, the whole nine. Never heard you say that word. I feel like it, I'm glad it's over. You can't I, tell I'm, me you enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm thrilled it's over. I've never been more excited for a season to be over with. Thrilled. Dude, I, I had I was in the best mood Tuesday. The next day, and then you know, they brought they week, gave Michelle a show, which I love. Yeah. But we know why you giving Michelle a show, now. and that's how I feel about it. That <laughs> listen, it had been rumored for weeks that it was Katie. All of a sudden, you want to say, "Guess what? Surprise twist! We have two bachelorettes." Come on, y'all. Right. I I I I like Michelle a lot. But this is the problem with the franchise. The answer is not giving us a black bachelorette if you're really trying to fix your issues. That's not it. I I just, I hope to talk to Michelle. That's all I'm going to say about that. I got a lot of, to say. I'm just, I don't I like feel Michelle. like it. I, I like Michelle a lot. I don't feel like getting into it. Glad you brought that up. Not fooled. Don't like the fact that you're going to give us, oh, we got a white bachelorette. Now we're going to give you a black bachelorette. We got a white host coming in to fill in for Chris. We're going to give you a black one too. I, I, I'm i just, I'm not for it. Not for it. Um, that's not going to fix the issues. I will say that I thought Emmanuel did fine because I thought Emmanuel did what Emmanuel does. The reason Emmanuel was able to come in and have those conversations because we've talked about this on the podcast before. Emmanuel's conversations ain't for black people. They're not for us. They're for white people. And it is about making them feel comfortable. And it is about asking not maybe a thoughtful, insightful question, but not a question where you're it's really going to hit like that where you're going right. to be because like, for example, I would have said to Rachel, why did you why did it take so long for you to apologize? She answered, I would have had five more follow up questions. Mm-hmm. That's not the type Ooh. of show that it was going to be. Speaking of Rachel, have you seen the rumor that her mom is running a racist? That's not a rumor. Matt that was James true. That's chat true. room. What what is going on? She, it, 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 it's, they, they created, like, it's wild out there, y'all. It's so toxic. Like, Bachelor Nation, get, you know what? Y'all are going to be the reason this show doesn't exist anymore because you're so damn toxic. You're going to be the demise of the show and the reason it's taken down. You're nasty. You're vile. You're harassing Matt for a decision that he made. He supports the girl. He's allowing her to do it on his own. Like, let's move on. The Facebook group was created, it was called We Love Rachel. And basically, it was all these people who were saying, we love Rachel, but, and, and by Rachel, not me, okay? Rachel Kirkconnell. Kirkconnell. They love, Facebook hates me. They love Rachel. They create this group, but all they did was bash Matt. That was all mm. it. And they made uh, Rachel Kirkconnell's mom an administrator, and she held that title until her own daughter got on her Instagram and called her out on it, basically. And you gotta, and you gotta realize when you see that type of behavior from Rachel's mom, Matt had to get away. Okay, Rachel has committed to saying she's gonna, you know, uh, I hate to use these cliche phrases, but you know, she's going to do better. You know, gotta do better, as a uh, uh, John Scorpio would say. She's gotta do better. But when you have a family like that. Why would Matt want to be a part of that? Because when you're with somebody, you're also with their family. This is tough for Matt. Matt's in a bad situation. Uh, I'm just glad it's over. Everybody can move on. 
And um, we will not be covering the next season. <laughs> we're, not, we, we're not doing it. Sorry, y'all. Thought Warriors. We got so many other things to talk to y'all about. Um, Bachelor is not one of them. All right. Uh, Jackson, quickly. We got time for a couple of questions. Mailbag. Let's do it. Run a song. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. From Stephanie Kalina, what is a talent that you wish you had? Hmm. Oh. Like her example was she wishes she could sing. Well, that would be my, singing or dancing. It would definitely be it. If I if I if I could sing, I would sing all the time. Everybody I would, would know. I wish I was really good at flipping. Like flipping a, what? Like, like a backflip? Like a doing a backwards flip and stuff. Man, you could teach yourself that. No. That's it. No, I've tried. No. It's not. It doesn't work. I mean, Can you do it on a trampoline? Uh, yeah, but I I get afraid. It's what a like, terrible talent. I want to be able to do it. What a worthless talent. Unless you're going to go on, like, unless you're going to go on to be an Olympian on on the floor. What a worthless talent. Okay. Well, I mean, number one, here's the deal. When I was a kid, we got to like the fourth grade. But you're not. uh, University of Terrace, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We got to like the fourth grade. And people started like doing backwards flips. I never wanted to do anything more. They started doing... Like, they would run and they would do a backwards flips. I remember there was this one little dude at the uh, at the bus stop, and he used to always do backwards flips. And, and I looked at him. I was like, damn, you like a ninja. And I just, and I, I could never do it. Run up the if wall. If you were still it. in fourth grade, that would be an appropriate answer. But okay. seeing how you are I see people strong flip. four, you were four zero. Mm-hmm. No. Can we do the next question, please? Now that <laughs> yeah, my yes, we can. Yes. From Diana Fee. If you had to live somewhere that was not the U.S., where would you live and why? Ooh, good question, Diana. Diana Fee, Diana Fee, come pay the fee, Diana Fee. Okay, where would I live uh, oh that God. was not the U.S.? Um, uh, probably Vancouver. I like Vancouver. Vancouver's cool. You know what I mean? I haven't really thought about this that much. Where would you live that's not in the U.S., Rachel? <laughs> I was really expecting a more exciting answer. Okay, I have two. I, I, a place that I've been and I, that I've never been. Okay. So a place I've been, Greece. I would live in Santorini. Super chill, low-key, everywhere you look, 360, beautiful views. The way of life is just like whatever. I just, mm-hmm. it's, I love it. I love it. Carefree. Um, a place I've never lived. Mm-hmm. I it would be someplace in Africa, right? Just I knew to you be. Say that. Why is that? Say, is that a stereotypical I, answer? I, I knew you're gonna do that. But well, I want to get home to my roots and to my people. I have heard people, friends that I know that have been to Africa describe the feeling like no other. Just I mean, what they beautiful. see, sure what yeah. they feel, mm-hmm. being connected. Um, just seeing black excellence. Like that's why I enjoy Black is King so much. And um that when I just hear people talk about what it felt like to go for the first time, I want to feel that. And you want to live there. 
Is what you're I, saying? Which, well, yeah, that's the question. Which part of Africa? Because you can't just say Africa. It's a bunch of different right. countries with their continent. own cultural... It's a whole uh, continent. Their, country, their own cultural identity. I just want you know to what? I'd want to find out. Morocco, I, wanna, I would want to do a, a test Ghana, to find out where my, where my people Africa. come from. And that's where I would want to be. Well, live to you. So yeah. somewhere on the west, on the west side. Last on the west side. The west side of what's so Last question. Let's go. Uh, from Elon Patterson, who was one teacher that changed your life? Ooh. Uh, Claire Hewlett. Claire Hewlett? Uh, Claire Hewlett, my AP history teacher. First government, then my AP history teacher. Mr. Neubauer. Who what has grade? Passed, passed away now. Um, I learned that Mr. Newbauer's passed away when I moved back to Louisiana, uh, moved back to California. Uh, it was, it was sixth grade. It was sixth grade. Mr. Newbauer, um, at York Elementary School in, uh, in Hawthorne. We only lived out here one year. And later we moved back. And, um, he let me direct a play. Wow. Like he had, we had did this play. And it was this play, I guess, it was like modeled around Beatles songs and how all these Beatles songs in it. And I wasn't, because out here in California, they were going year-round school. And they didn't, I was on track C and the play was happening on track A, but he knew that this was the type of thing that I liked. So he let me come back to school and help him with the play. And, uh, I saw kids reading lines. We taught each other songs and we did all of this. And I was a part of, at sixth grade, like a little production, mm-hmm. right? And from then, I went and was a part of the uh, the AV club and all of that stuff like that. But he saw it and he did what teachers are supposed to do. He saw a spark and he lit a fire. It's like, man, we got a play coming on. Like, we're going to do that. I never forgot him. He t- and after the play was over, after the play was done, with the play ran, it was a success. Everybody came. He took me to Sizzler. Like he 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 he, he took you to famous. Sizzler. It was nineteen ninety one, man. It was a different time. Sizzler was yeah, a fucking was. big deal to me. He took me to Sizzler. We went to Sizzler. We ate. Uh and yeah, he, I always thought about it. I came back. Um, I wanted to go pop up at York Elementary and and say hello to Mr. Newbar, but Mr. Newbar had gone on to Jesus. So Aww. Uh he that that was the guy that I remember. Shout out to Mr. Newbar, man. Oh. Well, mine is Claire Hewlett, just because I went to a small private Christian school my entire life. Everybody, most of the people looked the same, they thought the same. It was very much so of a bubble until Miss Claire Hewlett came. And uh, she was Australian. She had a black husband, and it I knew it, it rattled people at the school. And she was just all about, she's the first teacher who really taught me to think outside of a box, free thinking, um, really just expanded my mind. It was because of her, I decided to apply to NYU. I just wanted more. She's just like, really taught me to think for myself. She was the first teacher to really do that. So always, always uh, really meant a lot to me. A lot to me too. All right. Uh, I don't have an unexpected ally of the week. Do you have one? Not at all. Not after a week like this. Absolutely not. No, I I do not. Uh, take the caps off. Do not stop learning. Higher learning is is is. We'll see you again next week, guys. 
Once again, self-care. Take care of yourself. Take some breaks. Meditate. Do your thing. I'm Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We out.